Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our Essendon Bombers podcast, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, the most hated team in the AFL. Oh, well, sorry, that's Brisbane Lions. Oh, Chris, you can only <laughs> flog the same dead horse so many times. However, it's funny you should say flogging of dead horses. This could rival North Melbourne for the shortest podcast of the year. It could. There's not much relevancy here. Um, I suppose we, we, where do we start? With the socials? Yeah, we socials. Start, start with the socials, mate. So SC Insider 100. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Stitcher, Apple on podcast, Twitch, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, every, all the podcasts. Yep. And, and um, search Supercoach Insider on YouTube. Mate, you got this down in one, what up? On the Let's line. Go. On the line. Let's come and come and enjoy our company. Come and enjoy our faces wherever you are. Uh, I do want to have a quick little mention here, though, is that we've, in the last six days, and we we're talking about before Carlton drops because we're obviously doing this slightly before time. We can predict the future. And um, we've had 2,250 listens in the last six days across YouTube and all of the audio platforms. And that's before Carlton even hit. So over three episodes, over six days. And some of them only just dropped. We've had a pretty good response, Chris. I think about yeah, twenty three hundred nearly, twenty two fifty. Yeah, no, it's been all, been all right. Um, still, still hoping to push those numbers up. You got to well, pump those numbers rookie, up. Rookie numbers, those are rookie numbers. Yeah, but again, some people haven't looked at their sides yet. We didn't really announce that we're kind of coming back to stream either. So we just started started hitting it. We did, and uh, I'm sure everyone will catch on, and the love juice will start flowing. Absolutely. Round two. I respect that. Leech. All right. Well, let's just get straight into it, guys, with the rookies uh, at Essendon. Obviously, they had those three big picks inside top um, top 10, and they really had to target needs basis because, obviously, everyone's left them and they, and they suck. Um, so they did that. Just um, having one look at that crook-looking <laughs> bastard, you could tell they didn't play sport, couldn't you? <laughs> and that's the whole team. You can. Um, that's absolutely true. Um, so starting off with uh, with pick eight, they picked up Nick Cox. Now, unfortunately, so it is a it was a is a draft known for uh, really high end tools um, and <laughs> loving loving the beer, um, which is good. It's a good thing. Um, but of course, un- they didn't get the top tools. Um, so the you know the top tools in the draft, um, guys like. Uh, uh, Logan McDonald, obviously Eugle Hagen, uh, Denver Granger, yeah, those sort of guys, they were gone by these picks. So they had to sort of go with what's the next best available was. Um, and the first one they got was Nick Cox uh, at uh, 200 centimetres and 87 kilos. He's a 175k defender forward. Um, unique prospect, obviously, with uh, with elite traits. He, he's a tall utility. You can play either end of the ground, which is good because they need someone that can probably play forward this year, um, let alone uh, in the future, and then potentially swing back. Um, can kick effectively on both feet and has an enormous tank, particularly for his size. Clocked in at just over six minutes in the 2K time trial at the Combine, which is absolutely elite, um, especially for, his, uh, for a guy his height and weight. Um, where Essendon choose to use him is really, I think they're probably going to be using this year to try out these tools in a variety of positions and see what works. Um, I don't think it's going to be a really good super coach player um, at this stage, um, but he's got the frame to play early on. So if he does 
um, have a good preseason, there's, there's a chance that he could line up round one. I don't think it's likely at this stage unless injury strikes, but see how we go. Um, still don't think it's worth it. 175k rookie. Sorry, Chris. All I heard was Cox is quick, but he's also under six. So <laughs> no, just just over six. Oh, just just, oh, just, just, just over. over. It's that just, is a bit that is a bit above average. Plays the game just a tip. Oh, I love that game. It's a good game. Actually, <laughs> I've heard that uh, Patton plays that game. Oh, Chris. <laughs> He's banned. How many pattern jokes have we had this year? A lot. A couple. Just a couple. Um, now, probably the only one that I think is uh, going to be super coach relevant, especially early, is uh, is pick nine, Archie Perkins, uh, mainly because of his role and, and the, the type of player that he is. Um, he, unfortunately, he's 171K as well because of his high pick, but he's a forward mid, 186 centimetres and 77 kilos. Um, he's just got the potential to, to be a game winner. Um, he Every time he's on the ground, um, he's basically a half-forward uh, flanker turned midfielder with a great mark, uh, great burst of pace. He was earmarked for midfield time last year pre-COVID, but of course that didn't happen. As such, he was unable to prove his talent. Unfortunately, he doesn't accumulate the ball a lot playing in that role. So all we've really got is that he averaged 14.2 disposals. So what you'd like to see is if he had some sort of exposure to the midfield that he could accumulate the ball, that would be a little bit better. Uh, but we don't have that at the moment, so we just got to go with what works. Um, with a good preseason, he could line up round one potentially, but uh, we'll just see how that goes. Um, I, I don't have every confidence in these guys that are more expensive. You know, not an accumulator. You know, there's there's a couple of question marks over them, so we'll see how we go. Next one, Zach Reed, 166k defender, so another expensive rookie. He is a key defender in the mold of an under underdeveloped Darcy Moore. Um, so a centre center half back that can obviously take an intercept mark. He's quick on the lead, so uh, and can he's got a really really good kick, um, especially for his height at 202 centimeters, but only 82 kilos. So um, I can see potential there if he gets an intercepting role, but at his height. Um, probably going to play lockdown. Realistically speaking, they had early picks. They drafted more key position posts to set them Absolutely. up for the future. And, yep. they're and they ex- need to. Well, yeah, they do need to. But also when it comes to Supercoach, though, they're expensive and they're key position players. They generally don't score no, well exactly for Supercoach, right. yep. which means that any expensive Essendon rookie that they've picked up generally not a good option. Uh, the ne- and it's even the next two. Um, so Josh Josh Air and uh, Cody Brand were both academy picks for Essendon. Air was picked up at pick thirty nine. He's one hundred and seventeen k defender forward. He's a key position forward, um, and he was always going to land at Essendon. Essentially, um, again another key tall with good endurance. So he did a six thirty one in the two k time trial. He's one hundred ninety eight centimeters and an eighty five kilos in his frame, uh, but he's really considered to be a development player. Um, I can't see him cracking the first team not this year especially um I, I, like unless of course there's injury and he could come in and chop someone out um cody brand uh played at the other end of the field so he's 170 117k defender and also played with josh air at the calder cannons at the same time he's 196 centimeters and 86 kilos but he's a complete lockdown defender so in my opinion completely irrelevant for super coach and is unlikely to play as well this year um he'll probably play in the twos and yes. That's it. Yeah, there's not many rookies there floating. None, so. of, none of them excite me outside of Archie Perkins, and even then, a little bit expensive. Have to needs need more information. So we'll see how we go. Yes, I agree. Now, how's your best twenty-two looking, then, Chris? All right. Well, I'll preface this by saying I don't have Heppel in the twenty-two right now. Um, I don't think he's going to be playing early. 
Well, that's interesting because uh, Seeker actually asked a question saying, do we think Heppel's going to be good for the whole season? But he did have more, I think, ankle surgery September-ish. Yep. And what was the news, Chris? Uh, he's going to be on a modified training program until the end of February. Um, so he won't actually be in full training until March. And that means that it's unlikely he's going to line up round one unless they just throw him in because he's the captain. End of Feb. Um, that's like only a few weeks before the season absolutely. opener. Yep. Well, good and thing he's an ankle. Like he hasn't been running. Well, and good thing so, he's not going to be playing midfield. They already tipped him to be to be playing more. Was it back flank or back so? Back flank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I want to watch um, Heppel, but I haven't got him as as playing round one. Um, so I haven't put him in this best twenty two. Um, if he does, he's probably off the bench um, or on the, on the field for one of the guys on the halfback line. Yep. Well, I've gone with um, the three defenders, uh, tall defenders in the in the uh, to start with. And again, these guys always get injured, so who knows what's going to happen. I've gone with Francis, Hooker, and Ridley as in the back line, and then Redmond, Hurley, and Gleeson on the half-back line. Don't pay out Ridley. It's not his fault. No, no, it's, it's definitely not. He's, he's a good player, but yes. um, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, Langford, Shield, and Zaharakis. Again, Zaharakis has been you know, playing a little bit more forward, but um, and that could be Parrish. But uh, I've got Parrish on the half-forward line with Smith and Laverde. Um, and then the forward line, I've got uh, Stringer and Wright, I think probably slots straight in there um, with McDonald, Tipper, Woody, obviously in the pocket. And then Draper, Merritt and McGrath on the ball. On the interchange bench, I've got Caldwell, um, Ambrose. Uh, I've got uh, Stewart and Snelling. Um, now, Stewart could be one of those top picks. So I, I do see that as, a, as an available spot. Stewart's been in and out of the side for the last couple of years, um, so he's not necessarily nailed on um, to be in that side. But they do lack height in that forward line, so they're going to want a tall on the bench somewhere. So whether that's one of these, um, one of that's Cox, um, yeah, that, that, that could be the opportunity there. Um, and Snelling has been a regular, and he actually has played quite well. So, uh, But I don't think that his spot's necessarily nailed either. So we'll have to see how that goes. I actually think Redmond's probably underrated, to be honest. Um, yeah, for me, I think, well, Gleason's probably the one that's the first out for me. Like as soon as you're looking at um, you know, trying to get in you know, Heppel or even Hind. Hind has actually been quite impressive as I well like, on that I back like end. Hind. So I, do I. I think so he's I think, got talent. I think he'd actually be probably lining up at the moment for me somewhere. So Yeah, and um, the, in the depth, of, they've got Cutler there as well who has shown a little bit. Um, so he, he could potentially have more exposure. Um, BZT, obviously. But problem with like someone like yeah. BZT, like, he will be a long-term player. Um, Hurley and Hooker. So the, what they could do is they could play Hooker forward like they they have played before because they do lack that height in the front line, and then BZT comes into that role. Yep, I um, can't I can't see Cutler getting a game this year. To be honest, I mean he played eight last year. It's Essendon, bro. No, no, I know it's Essendon. <laughs> right, right. I do I do know it's Essendon. However, you know Caldwell's now in as well, which means that Cutler's now even another rank behind everyone else that can play midfield. So I think he won't actually get a game this year unless they have bad injuries. Potentially, yeah. Um, and that's not a bias because I don't... They, they, Zaharakis as well. I mean, he's been I trailing think, for a few years. I mean, there, there is spots there, but they just don't have the... They don't have the cattle, really, outside of um, you know, what they've already... Yeah. What they just, and they just drafted key position. If you it's think Zaharakis is going to you know, regain some of that passion and that form, sure. I mean, he averaged 65 and previously averaged 79-80-ish. But I think you're right. I think for me, Zaharakis could be the one that he could actually pull and slip away, kind of like a Goddard. Yeah. He could literally pull a Goddard and then go from being a good player to then, you know, on the fringe I to think being he's obsolete. Been on the fringe for 
I think he, yeah, now. it wouldn't surprise so, me if he didn't make it past the year. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'd like to see Parrish get a little bit more mid-time. Um, I'm not sure how much mid-time he's going to be able to get, but we'll see how that goes. Um, overall, what do I think about their list? It sucks. It sucks this year, and it's going to be a development year for them, and they should treat it as such. So in my opinion, they should just play their rookies and tank the shit out of the season because these guys are going to take a long time to develop because they're all tall, and they're not going to be... Are they? Do you think these guys have got a chance of making the eight? No. Well, I'm just going off the last 10 years of data. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just using this empirical data over here that says Uh, no fucking chance of big red letters. Look, my brother-in-law or whatever, he goes for Essendon, so it can't be too harsh. Um, But, you know, it's interesting. Um, Was that that too offensive there, Chris? No. You sure? That was out of bounds. That was out out of bounds. That was out of bounds. That was out of bounds. That was out of bounds. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like for me, you look at it and you think Essendon and how they went previously and you're like, okay, they brought in Caldwell, they brought in uh, Wright as well, so like they strengthen up a little bit. But then you look at the list like that and you're like, if they get any injuries, they don't have that much depth to be able to compete with the eight. So it's hard for me to argue. Once you look at sort of their list, it's hard to well, argue. This is who left Essendon in the offseason. So Josh Begley was delisted. Tom, Tom Bell is retired. Apparently you begged to stay on the list. <laughs> I probably did. Uh, Henry Crawford, never heard of him. Joe Danaher obviously went to Brisbane. Orazio Fantasia went to Port. Noah, Noah Gown was delisted, never heard of him. Mitch Hibbard was Mitch Hibbard was delisted. Uh, Connor McKenna obviously retired. Sean McKernan went to St Kilda as a delisted free agent. Um, Kobe Much was delisted. Adam Saad went to Carlton. And Jacob Townsend was delisted. Ouch. That's basically half of their depth. Like, yeah, it's they've just basically singled the yep, white flag this year. Um, which which yeah. means that those guys could get game time. So, um, Although some people will say that, you know, Fantasia and Danaher, et cetera, didn't really play in 2020 and they still kind of gave it a good shake. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm Adam with you. Saad they, was arguably they, their best player last year and he went to Carlton. Yeah. I mean, Essendon really do need a healthy list to compete this year. Yeah. They've got to, like, they've got to have like minimal injuries. Have to. Yes. I mean, again, their top 18 is not terrible. It's not terrible. And, you know, they've added um, Wright and, and Caldwell to that. But injuries happen, man. Their top 25 is shocking. And that's the bad thing, unfortunately, for Essendon. So sorry, Essendon fans out there. Yeah. It's going to be a long season. Unfortunately, I have to agree. Interesting. Uh, okay, Chris, it's funny because um, seeing Fozzie actually said, where do you think Essendon will finish and why is it bottom three? <laughs> so <laughs> maybe he's been reading your mind. Foz, 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 Foz. That's a well little done, bit mate. aggressive. Do a push up with him on top of you, Jakey. One of my favourite moments. <laughs> that was that is great. I do like that one. He's always good for a moment, isn't he? I love him. Um, uh, yeah. No, uh, look. Was that BT? Isn't it? Do a push up with him on top of you. I don't know if that is. I don't know. Maybe we need to listen to it again. Um. So onto the premiums, I suppose. Um, yes. So- Speaking of premiums, let's go with the uh, SC Elites. Number one was a previous forward premium. Now he's a midfielder. They tipped him to be, was it the number one forward of last year? And let's go with Devin Smith. <laughs> the number one there is person. premium about Devin Smith. And uh, Steve Riverland would actually like to know uh, why... Would you ever go Devin Smith ever again? Basically. I don't know why. I don't know why you'd pick him ever. 
Yeah, ever. The alcohol they provided was great. I can't wait to catch up with SC Elites again in this one. And any time that they actually, any time, oh, it was it was lovely. Mm. Yeah, we uh, had delicious. We cashed a hundred bucks each. It was great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thanks for that one. And I actually rode your coattail on that one, Chris, on the Petrarca train. So um, it will be interesting because any time they have a debate with us in our top 10, which will be coming up before season starter, it will be interesting because we can say, hey, remember last year when you pretty much <laughs> said that Devin Smith was going to average like 105 and be the number one forward? Yeah, let's recount that time. Yep. And maybe check yourself before you wreck yourself. Chickity check yourself before you wreck yourself. Chickity check yourself. Sorry, I have to. Yes. Got to represent. Represent. Um, all right. Uh, so premiums. obviously the, the biggest premium there is, is, is actually Zach's merit. Um, Zach Merritt. Now, he had an absolutely cracking back end to the season and I don't hate the pick. I like Zach Merritt. Um, it's going to be – I mean, look, Sam Draper has really straightened up their ruck line and it's about time. Um, so I really hope that he can have a big, big season. But, um, but Merritt's just absolutely killed it. Average 115.6 last year. Um, and I think that with the quarters going back, like he, he can run, but he only played a 2.4% time on ground last year. How aggressive does Draper look, though? He oh, looks dude. good. Dude, he can roost the ball. Yeah. yeah. The and, guy can roost it. And you know what I've, I've been saying, Chris? All preseason, Draper has been waiting behind those curtains long enough. <laughs> You made a drapes joke. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get amongst it. Um, but let's look at merit. Okay, so he still has a generally low percentage time on ground. This year it did go up a lot though. So normally it's about sixty, uh, 76.6 to 77.5, and that's over 2017 to 2019. This year he actually went up by nearly 5% to 82.4%. That's probably to do with the shorter season because he is really impactful. Think about it like a Maddie Crouch, low time on ground, but it's still a shorter game, more scaling per possession. He did average 124 for the last nine rounds. So there is definitely some value there. 119, 137, 97, 143, 145, 125, 122, 108, 109. What an amazing last nine rounds. Yeah, insane. Um, now, the other thing I'll say about um, Zach Merritt is the rules could really help him. And I'm, what I'm saying about that is the, the lower rotations. So you're going to spend more time on on ground regardless. So if he can increase his time on ground by 3 to 4%, he could have another spike in his average. So you could see him averaging. And let's say, let's take it down from to 110, say that that's a, a realistic figure for last year based on scaling. And let's say that he does average 115 this year. 620, there's not much around that price point. So, I mean, you, you know, you're either getting at 30K to go to Oliver or you already have Oliver and he's your M3. Or you're going like you're going a Josh down. Kelly or hoping for a titch. Absolutely. Or, yeah, you're looking at your... Five, six, ten, you know. Or like, you're looking at your Walsh's, your Crips and trying to save money. And it's it's all the way back at Backwards. 550. Yep. So I don't hate Zach Merritt as a pick. I actually kind of really like it. I think um, there's a lot I of... Had enough balls, I'd probably be, be, be doing it. I think so. there's a lot of merit picking Zach. <laughs> Absolutely. Not going to lie. But if you... So here's he's the thing. In my, he's in my, uh, in my camp of I'm considering him. I'm definitely considering I feel like I should give him more value, but then I have to watch more games. Essendon games. But, okay, so 2016, <laughs> he averaged 111.5, obviously, in the doping saga. Then he averaged, he backed it up with a 109.2, fell away with a 100.4, 2019, 105.6, and he's always showed those kind of glimpses. Fell enough, he actually averaged like 80% time on ground in 2016. So I don't know what happened over those couple of years. I, For me, I think it's his midfield 
to own. And he is the main midfielder. He is now. the main person, and any big body midfielder that comes in to try and chip out, so you called well or your merits or whoever's going in there, right? So Parish, I'm not calling. I'm not calling a minigun Parish. Yeah, McGrath. Um, I think they need to kind of support him, back him up, do a lot of the the bulk work, and actually take a lot of the heat off him. Because I, I honestly, I do rate him as a player, and he could really exceed. Well, the problem is obviously with those low averages. He had those runs where he just get tagged every week because he was so impactful. What's the most he could average though? Like what's his range? I think absolute his his range is I reckon one ten to one twenty this year. Yep, I agree. So I think he can go one twenty with a really solid year. But I'm thinking it's probably more somewhere in the middle. Okay. But when he's averaging one fifteen point six, is he a value or is it kind of I think sca- it's like you're just caught in it because that's what you gotta do at yep. this point. Correct. Like there's just no one else. Like yeah, it's just, risky either way. So you kind of well, you, you're picking him because you like him, and you think that there's potential for him to slightly he's improve. He's played 103 of the last 105 games. So again, total score. You know, he's reliable for games. He's reliable for score. Um, yeah, I, I think he's an. I think he's a good option. I, I like. There's, there's not really many bad things outside the fact that, like, he has obviously developed to work through a tag, but he's also shown the propensity to be able to just completely capitulate with a tag. That's really his only downside. So yeah. Look, I do rate there. it. Uh, for draft, I'd be quite happy to have him as an M2. I wouldn't have him as a captain, but a vice captain, oh, 100%. He'll, he'll, go, he'll go in the first round in most drafts, wouldn't he? You'd think so? Uh, where is he ranked? Uh, no, he's 24th, uh, 23rd highest overall average, so really? he should make okay. second round. Yep, fair enough. Well, that's the crazy part. Rucks midfielders averaging a lot, lot higher. Yeah, a a VC. Mid- yeah, if you're, doing, if you're doing snake, pick him up early on the way back for sure. You could do a lot worse. And he does have a pretty good ceiling, fairly consistent, a great VC option for me. Yeah, there you go. Um, Dylan Shield is the next one. And funnily enough, Dylan Shield's got some weird kind of hair dye I saw in training today. Uh, like a little carrot top kind of thing going on, but he's got dark hair, tried to kind of dye it. So now it's this little like ruffled in-between color. I'm not sure what he's doing there. So those, All those GWS boys went to the same barber in Sydney and then they've just spread out across Australia as they've gone. Yeah. <laughs> Look, who knows what he's doing. But uh, Dylan Shield is probably one of the most frustrating players oh, yeah. for me. And I like him. He's 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 passes the eye test. He's good to watch when he's, he's on dynamic. When he's on song, you're like, holy and he kicks crap! The ball and you're like, don't kick it, handball. <laughs> Maybe we should send him some boots. <laughs> you know what I love? I love when players like Dylan Shield, who is a terrible kick, um, and they just generally just roost it or like you know just trying to. But he does something like out of the box. Like he'll he'll nail a really tough kick, and then the, the commentators will just be like, oh, he's just he's just, ball use is exquisite, and you're like. No, it isn't. <laughs> There's no statistical analysis that says that that's accurate, but I'm okay with you saying that. I remember something. He did like so much good work and then gets in close to goal and then kicks it out in the full. <laughs> I'm like, how do you miss from there? But again, frustrating because he has potential. When he looks good, Huge. you're like, eye test, tick, dynamic, does Part all the, the right ball, things, scores really well. Well, goes nuts and scores well in Supercoach. And then all of a sudden, does nothing. Sells a little candy, shake and bake. So inconsistent. Now look at his highs though. 124, 125, 129, 156, 163. Also has 55, 57, 69, 74. Yeah, that's kind of Dylan Schiller in a nutshell. And in the past three oh, years. Oh, in a nutshell. <laughs> Hell, I'm in a nutshell. <laughs> How did I get in this nutshell? Still funny. The past, now this is this is the key one. Listen up for Dylan Shield, people who are tempted. 102 average in draft, people are going to pick him and he's not bad, but be wary. He scores the last three years, 
he actually scores 22.3 more super coach points in wins compared to losses. Now, if you think Essendon is going to be all about those wins this year, go for it. They're definitely not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that, he chose Essendon over Carlton for no reason. That is a huge <laughs> deviation if I've seen one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, there you and go. So uh, Dylan Shield uh, put a big uh, cross next to his name. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, valuable in um, in uh, in draft. You know, I would not pick him in draft as a D3, M3, sorry. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. He's not bad, but he, you know, he can get injured a little bit. I don't know. It's one of those ones. In draft, it's not so bad because you'll ride those highs and lows with him. He'll be, he'll either win you a game or he'll get you that 55-57 and you're like, ah, like shield. Yeah, and then he'll lose your game. Yeah. So you just have to kind of take those checks and balances and hope Classic. you're on the right side of it. Absolutely. Um, Ridley. Now, Ridley, me this. <coughs> Overpriced. <coughs> can he back it up? Completely overpriced. There's no way I'm playing 550k for a guy that averaged 101 in a season where intercepting markers got complete ridiculously ridiculous scaling. Um, I think he can average well. I'm tipping him to some go somewhere between 90 to 100. Yeah, I do. But I do like playing, him though. He yeah. did look really oh, no, good, does, yeah. but I do agree. It's kind of one of those. And the has, ball's going to be down there. Well, has he? A lot. Has he proved it a lot? Not so much. Like in. For me, when you're looking at that 100 mark, it's kind of like, okay, well, do you pick him at 101.9 or do you kind of go with someone else around that mark that you probably have a little more faith in? And I do love really. He actually looks really good. I'm not going to lie with that. Um, However, yeah, I think you're right, 101.9. So he averaged 110 the first seven rounds and then 93 the last seven rounds. So that kind of gives you the split Right down the middle. So is yep. he going to average you around a 93 or is he going to kind of have a bit of an even flow sort of feel? The other thing is at full strength, I mean, and Essendon's back line have never really gotten to gel because constantly one of them's injured. If it's not Hurley, it's Hooker. If it's not Hooker, it's Aaron Francis. Like Those are the three guys all intercepting defenders in that back line as well as Jordan Ridley. So... I can see if they've got a full complement of defenders, his impact as an intercept, intercepting defender could actually diminish. So we'll see how that pans out. I mean, last year you had uh, what Francis played eight games. Yep. Um, Hooker played eight games. Um, again, Hooker might play forward, but then you've got BC, BCT that would swing into that role. Um, yeah, or one of the rookies. So there's just so many question marks about Jordan Ridley. I'm just, doing, I'd just rather wait. And I'm, I wouldn't pick him up. I, someone's going to pick him up in um in in draft. Yep. And I'm not I'm not touching him because I'm I'm not paying one 102 for him. No chance. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I do agree. And uh, it's funny because Essendon have been yeah they're looking to try and inject some speed into their defence since Saad left, but apparently injections are illegal and it stunted <laughs> their growth as a club. So. <laughs> oh, oh, oh wow! Very unusual. That. Uh, oh boy. Boy, that, oh joke boy. Was, that joke was eight years in the making. It's still good. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Okay, Woo! so uh, moving on. Like, mind you, again, Ridley, if you want to, if well you done. if you back him in, you that can pick him at a hundred average in draft, but don't do it in standard. That train was last year. Don't try and ride last year's coattails. Uh, Parish now, Parish again has been one of those um, frustrating people. Absolutely, he, he's lost he... his miniguns title. And thank you for those who have been following online. It's now gone to Jai Minigun Simpkins. Um, Parrish, I know it's funny because if he had the right role and he had it permanently, Absolutely. he would actually be a really good super coach option. But 
it's one of those things. He's just been sort of, you know, part way in, part way out, does little roles here, does little roles there. He, he goes on runs and, and I don't mean the Mexican kind. So he goes and the first four rounds, he averaged 66. Then from round six to nine, he averaged 92.5. Round 11 to 15, averaged 103.8. And then after that, the last three rounds, averages 83. So he kind of started low, went up to a little bit, went big, dropped back down even below that. So it's one of those weird ones for me. It's If he doesn't play midfield, he's not going get to get there. And he's <laughs> like his clearance numbers as a midfielder is ridiculous. Yeah. Like for, for while playing with them, I, I don't get it. Like, I, like he needs to be part more part of the midfield rotation as a primary midfielder. But they've brought in another big body midfielder now in Caldwell. So what does that mean for Parrish? I can't see him getting any more midtime this year, which means to me it's a completely wasted pick. And what's even worse is Parrish is normally a forward mid. This year he's a mid only, along with Devin Smith. Now you bring in Caldwell, I can tell you Devin Smith is the worst midfielder pick you can have this year. He's a mid only. He won't be in that midfield rotation for me. I think you look at everyone else coming into that side. Parrish will keep it. Merritt will have it. You'll have uh, McGrath, everyone else coming in, Caldwell, Shield. I think Devin Smith is out of that midfield rotation, which means you are paying in draft um, for a midfielder who's playing forward. Yep, and um, he still can't kick. <laughs> <laughs> he still can't out-average Petrarca either, but, uh, you know, that was just, what, 30? What was the difference, like 30? I'll never forget. 35, what was that? I'll never forget. I think it was like the first or second game of the year. Devin Smith comes in, he rolls through the half-forward line. He's got the entire open open 50, and there's just the full forward and the defender in front of him, and he's just like, all right, I'll just chip it over to the full forward. And he just kicks it straight into the defender. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man hey look it's just good to watch it's just just quality banter right there okay That's what it is. well speaking of uh devon smith he's our next off our list now if devon smith was a forward average 85.2 i'd be like yeah cool pick up devon smith as a forward in draft too expensive though in standard either way 458k there's no there's no up no way in hell um yeah, it's just funny. Even in my notes here on my spreadsheet, SC Elite thought Devin was the best thing since sliced bread and had him outscoring Petrarca in 2020. Now, I just put that in the spreadsheet so everyone can know that and it will live on forever. <laughs> for, How? Forever, ever? Well, what did Petrarca reach? 120. Devin Smith averaged 85. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's like a 35 we point. We should take an like, over-unders on that. <laughs> that's a 35 point fuck up. And that's going to be Chris this year when he picks Walsh instead of Cripps. Oh, not going to happen. Maybe not 35 points. Walsh, it, Walsh is a star, mate. Okay, we've been there. Don't, don't talk about we've this. We've been Walsh, there. Walsh is a star. Um, okay, but Devin Smith, look, he did average 97 for the last six rounds. Uh, he averaged, what, 71.25 between, I think it was round two. So he started off well. Uh, from round three to round yeah, 11, he and, averaged 71. So that's pretty bad. He hit a 105 in round one. Him and um, Petraka yeah, both had hit. the same score. Yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, he had 190, 500s. Look, for draft, I think you pick him up around where he is. As a forward, even he can still average mid 80. So I don't think there's too much wrong there. Parrish, though, averaged 86.7. Again, even he'll have some mid rolls, he'll have some forward rolls. Generally speaking, the last couple of years, he'll go on runs. Just expect that. And he'll average about 86. Yep. Now, in draft, don't drop these people if they have a low run. They come back. That's how I actually won our draft league. Someone dropped Parrish when he ended up averaging really low. So where is he? Uh, when he averaged 66 for the first four rounds, someone dropped him. Like I'm like, what an idiot. So bang, put him on my bench, and then he starts turning around his form. I put him on field. He has a run, and you do well. Same as Devin Smith. Someone dropped him when he started doing bad. Uh, bad. 
I put him on my bench, starts to look okay, put him on field, next minute averages 97 for the back end of the year. That's how you win games, particularly if you're in a 12-person league. You can't afford to drop known players just to try and pick up some hype guy that has a good three-round average. Yeah, well, I like, agree. Like, do you agree? I'm looking all the time for players that have potential He's- and that I know. On Ben's, the waiver. Ben's the guy that sets his alarm for the 4 a.m. waiver wire just to see what's up. No, 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 because we used to have it where you could see what everyone put, so you'd have to wake up then because the second that someone like me says I want someone, then everyone looks at it before when I'm asleep and then they pick their player. So you have it silent so no one can see who's bidding on who and then I just put in an absolute like 10 different combinations for people that I want. I like it. Yeah, do it that way. Uh, okay, so On now – I suppose we're at, we're at the, oh, the no, tail end. Langford, I think, is probably just draft relevance. Uh, we've already spoken about Heppel briefly. Uh, Heppel – okay, so we'll I go – Draper, I think Draper's got um, decent value in a draft. I think you can pick him up late as a number one ruck. I just saw someone that had Draper as their, like, ruck one. What, in standard? Yeah, I'm like um, – Start again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, default. No uh, thanks. Start again. No, but – See, here's the problem. If you try and go with anyone other than maybe the top few rucks, Bruce, I can understand because if he stuffs up, maybe you have – if I'm starting Bruce, I'm definitely starting Marshall with that swing forward. Bruce stuffs up. You then literally just trade out uh, Marshall into the into the ruck and then you exchange Bruce for another forward that you can afford and it's not actually that bad of a situation. Compared to last year, we had no cover at all. So it's not that bad. But if you have two rucks, you are relying on both of those mid-price rucks to actually do well, stay healthy. And if they get injured, you are literally screwed because there is no other ruck around that price point that you're going to be able to handle. Going to cost you trades. Trades. Um, so the other one's obviously Jai Caldwell. Um, as a forward mid, how do you think – do you think he's going to get enough mid-minutes to be relevant <sighs> as a forward? Um, because a lot of people are looking at him as a potential – in that forward line at 348k. I could be swayed. And I'll, and, and I'll the reason I'll, I'll tell you this for nothing, he's got the talent to do it. Yeah, for it's, sure. So it's role dependent and it's whether or not his body can hold up. Now, the funny thing though, he's only ever scored over scored over 73 supercoach once and it was an 84. Yeah, I mean look. That's his highest supercoach score. He but he ever. played Yeah, so here's the thing. If he's got in, in like a permanent midfielder, in that rotation, then it's different because he never got that at GWS. Correct. So, so I'm with you there. And the room, well, it's tipped that they want him as that big bodied sort of in and under midfielder. If that's the case, I'm actually putting him in the bracket of, you know, your mid price of forward or even that mid price of midfield. For me, he's kind of competing because it's around the same price between 310 and 350. You're looking at Haitley, you're looking at Heppel, you're looking at. Uh, Hanabry, and then in the forward line, it's like Lance Franklin along with Zeeble, along with ben Brown. Danaher, Ben Brown, and Caldwell. So for me, it's kind of I'm putting him in that bracket, and at this point in time, if I had the money and he was doing well, I'd probably have him even as my M6 instead of one of those other midfielders if I felt like his value was better and if I felt like Zeeble and Danaher and all these other guys are actually better value forward. I think it's an option and I'm not actually ruling him out. I'm waiting to see a little bit more we from preseason, more particularly now that there's only one game. I'm sure as hell going to watch that game. 
just to see if they can notice anything. And I even hate the fact that there's one game. I like know. How but, much can you learn from one game of football? They're gonna play scratch matches themselves. Ugh. Surely yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. And and the, and the Victorian sides, a hundred percent, they're gonna be playing scratch they matches. They televise them too. They put them on their website yeah. and stream it. Or yeah. Whatever. So I yeah. am definitely keen to watch the role in that and see how that unfolds. But I am not ruling him out, and I'm definitely not throwing him in my side recklessly. But I am watching to see his role and how he sort of looks within that role. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, quickly wrapping on the draft though. Now, Kyle Langford, not a huge one, averaged 81.3. He did average 94 in the final five rounds and he scored a 103, 124, 79, 74, 89. He's actually not too bad in a draft league. Now he averaged 81. So as a forward mid, it's not too bad. Three scores of 88 plus, or no, so three 88 pluses and as well as 300. So He's not the worst player there, and rumor is he's actually looking quite impressive in the preseason. However, he is a little bit behind some others. So for me, he's one that you possibly could watch. Uh, they said last year, so Langford was one uh, that took a huge step up, and he's been uh, taken another step in his running capabilities. McGrath, Ridley, and those other mid tier have stepped up as far as their training intensity, and they presented really well to train. So there's not much there, is there? No. No, I don't like it. Uh, that's pretty much it for Essendon, I think. Yeah. Do you see ever? Do you ever see Stringer coming back to being relevant? No. I mean, not at all. never. Like, not not for a team. No, for a winning team. Well, but if Essendon are not a winning team. But they said he's the he, you know BT the package. Is it one of those packages that you sort of you know, you leave and you ship it somewhere and it just goes like disappearing and you never see it again? Is it one of those things that you have to claim on insurance? Is the package that bad? Well, he had a is good the run. Lost in transmission. As the package, yeah, is it? Very unusual. That, uh, oh boy. Very unusual. The package. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just can't see it. It's, it's an no. interesting one. He did it's average 70 the year before. If you're in a deep, 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 I deep, mean, deep when, league, sure. When he was tried out as a midfielder, it failed miserably. So he's really only going to be an impact forward player. And even then, he needs to be on a team that's going to be able to kick. He's going to need to kick three goals a game you know, to, to make an impact in Supercoach. So, yeah, nah, not for me. Not not ever and not in draft. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I think we kind of touched on Heppel, 319K, so I don't think he's going to be well, if making... if he plays round one, I'll be in consideration, but I don't think he's yeah, going to. I don't know if he's going to show us enough before round one. That's my only concern. And even then, you know, oh, it's, it's interesting. round three special. Maybe. You, know, you, you didn't hit a mid-price Maybe, up. yeah, maybe. Heppel's the one at round three. Maybe Hately shits the bed and you're sideways. That's it. Yeah, easy. All right, well, that wraps us up for Essendon. And, uh, look, stay tuned for next time. Who have we got next, Chris? Is it Fremantle? Frio. We've given the old heave-ho. The old Fremantle, the Nathan Fife special. So, look, until next time, please do uh, enjoy, comment, tweet, subscribe, follow. Give us all the love that you have been. We have been extremely blessed the last six days with the amount of feedback, comments. And, look, for those on the on the airwaves, stay true, and we'll talk to you soon. See you, guys. Alrighty, bye. Bye-bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Care.